0: Super Nerd Pals, episode 76. I'm one of your pals, Stan Godersky.
1: I'm the other pal, and the Carisquillo.
0: What's up? Oh, you know what? I forgot. Chris is at Gen Con, so he's not here. Gen Con! He's probably going to be back next week and tell us his thoughts, but for now, he's not here. So, how was your week?
1: My week was good. Pretty, uh, fun, adventurous. What'd you do? Uh, I went to Dave & Buster's yesterday. Nice. That was fun. Uh, celebrated my friend's birthday. I saw Suicide Squad. Me
0: too. Have We're gonna talk I... about it. Yeah.
1: Um. And I've been playing a fuck ton of Resident Evil 5 on the PS4.
0: Man, I missed the boat on RE5 on the PS4. I'm actually a little bit interested in picking up uh, four, which is coming out at the end of the month. Yep. Cause I've actually never beaten Resident Evil 4. Same here. Uh, I got really. F- I got up to the part where you get to the castle. And the Iron Maidens show up, and they're all, like, scary breathing people. And I'm like, I can't play.
1: I've always made it to the island, and then I stop. Mm-hmm. And the island's a little bit past where you're at. Yeah,
0: so it's always, like, carrying Ashley around or whatever and, like, having those dudes chanting at you all the time. And I'm just, and that's when I kind of stop playing all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I've never been able to go back and finish it, so this might be this might be a good chance to do that. You know what's a good game to play, Dave and Buster's? Doodle Jump, Doodle Jump. You know the little game where it's like the big, it's the, like the iPhone game, but they put it on a big screen and you like control the dude who's like jumping and you gotta get as high as possible.
1: Oh yeah,
0: that you can farm tickets really good in that game. If, if, really? Yeah, because you can just play the game on on iOS or whatever you have. Get really good. And yeah, that's and I didn't even know that game was there. I just liked the game Doodle Jump and so I've been I was always played it and then going to Dave and Buster's and seeing that there was a giant one that gave you tickets. I'm like, it's, it's a wrap. <laughs>
1: I'm actually really good at like Fruit Ninja. I played a lot yeah. of that.
0: Is That's at Dave and Buster's too, right? Yeah. yeah, they have all these weird repurposed like.
1: And also, um. Temple Run.
0: Temple Run? I've actually never played Temple Run. Really? Yeah, I don't know.
1: I hopped on that bandwagon for a little while and then yeah. I hopped off. I was like, this is, is kind of stupid.
0: Yeah, I mean. The only uh, Endless Runner that I really ever got into was this game called Jetpack Joyride. Have you ever played oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I went back to it recently, and it's kind of trash now, the game, because they... It used to be you could play that game as a lot and unlock all the coins and be able to buy any cosmetic shit that you wanted so you can get a different jetpack or hair, and my favorite thing was buying the, the Super Saiyan Goku hair and Goku's like gee and like flying around with that shit and that was awesome but I went back into it and they took away all that stuff and you can only buy a handful of those cosmetic stuff and everything else it's like behind a paywall or like yeah they they rotate like random ones daily or something like that and so like I was like I wanted to get back into the game so I can unlock that Goku stuff again and just play cuz whatever and it's not there and I'm like what the why the fuck why would you make the game worse
1: I hate when they, like, revert from, like, non-microtransactions to extreme microtransactions. I mean,
0: the original one did, too, because it was, like, a free-to-play, but it wasn't so egregious as it is now.
1: But Yeah, yeah. Um, Another endless runner I got into for a while was Subway Surfer.
0: I see people playing that all the time. Yeah, I still play yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, you want to get into the week? Yeah. Not much news this week, but we have some stuff to talk about. Um, I played Telltale's new Batman game.
1: How is it? I
0: finished the first episode. It's good. Um I wouldn't say it's my favorite Telltale game. That's still definitely in Borderlands, but as far as first episodes go, it was it was fun. And um they do a really good job of balancing the Bruce Wayne and the Batman stuff. And it they made they almost made it more fun to play as Bruce Wayne instead of Batman. Really? This I, time s- I
1: saw you sent me a picture of like Bruce Wayne's snarky remarks. Yeah, it's it's funny because
0: with a Telltale game, you can choose the dialogue and the way he speaks. So you can kind of tailor your Bruce Wayne, your Batman, how you want him to be. So I was like, you can be like an asshole and like you walk into this party in the beginning of the game and you can say something like, oh, my, enjoy the wine. It costs more than all of you or some shit like that. <laughs> or, or you can say something like you would see him say in, like a com- in the comics or the movies where he's like, welcome to Wayne Manor. I'm Bruce Wayne or something. And, <laughs> and someone was like, say hi, Bruce. So I was just like... Hi, Bruce. (laughs) And that was, like, my default reaction, and that's kind of just how I played the game, is just being this kind of really human version of Bruce Wayne that you never see, where he's, like, making jokes, and he's, like, very, like, normal. (laughs) Can
1: Bruce Wayne be normal? I don't know. You can play
0: him that way if you want, but my Bruce Wayne is a lot more like Clark Kent. Put it it that way, where he's he's a little goofy, and... um, I just couldn't bring myself to be like a dickhead to people and it's I like it a lot because they introduce a lot of familiar characters but they're also very early in their careers or whatever so you get the feeling that there's a a sense that you can kind of having the knowledge of the mythos of Batman you can kind of steer things in a way where you can manipulate kind of future events so you're you'd be like for example, um, Bruce's main plot in the game as Bruce, not Batman. Batman's mission is a little different in this first episode. But as Bruce Wayne, you're um, supporting Harvey Dent, who's running for mayor. And you, just like the comic books, he feels Bruce Wayne feels that Harvey Dent is Gotham's best chance of getting back on its feet. And so you can fully support Harvey Dent. You can sort of be super buddy-buddy with him and, and whatever. And that's interesting. And there's this kind of tricky moment where you find out that the Falcone family is looking to support Harvey Dent because they have a stake in Gotham's future too. And so as Bruce Wayne, you're kind of like, dude, like I know these guys are fucking criminals, but they're trying to sort of buy their way into Harvey's campaign. But you're like, should, I, should I let Harvey in on this, or sh- like how should I play this angle? And they give you the freedom to play that angle however however you want you can be if you really want to be you can be a bruce wayne who is super friendly with the falcone family for so for weird. political reasons because you know that they have money and backing and they might help harvey win the the, the mayor the mayor seat instead of like his opponent and who's corrupt or whatever and i threw a mad shade at falcone <laughs> i was <laughs> like fuck out of my house you come to my house it was something like falcone walked into the party right, because this is the beginning of the game, and he's, like, surveying the scene, and he's, like, oh, this looks like a nice house, I'll take it, and I'm just, like, you can't afford it, (laughs) (laughs) I straight up said that to him, and there's this moment where he turns to shake your hand, and everyone's, like, looking, and, like, Vicky Vale, the reporter, she's looking on, too, and I just snubbed him, I didn't shake his hand or nothing, and it was, like, I just, so awesome, just being able to do that. And I, I do want to go back and play it again and, like, take the opposite route and be, and like, this happen. really, like, gross, like, seedy version of Bruce Wayne or whatever. And there's there's so many different plots going on at the same time. You got Batman and, and his shit with Catwoman that's going on. Then you have Bruce and Alfred on the low knowing about what's going on with Batman and Bruce Wayne. And then you have... And Alfred's concerns about how you're living up to the legacy of the Waynes and that whole shit with like being a crazy bat person, you know? And then you have Bruce's public stuff going on with Harvey, with Falcone. And there's like just so many things going on all at once.
1: Does it say how early into uh, Batman's career this is?
0: So in the beginning, well put it this way, it's kind of like Gotham in that the villains are present, but they're not the villains yet except Aww. Catwoman and you you meet Catwoman for the very first time. So it's like very very, very early. early and this is his first dealings Fal- Falcone family basically owns Gotham and you're like opposing them. You're opposing them as Batman and as Bruce Wayne or as Batman and not as Bruce Wayne, depending on how you want to play it. And it's cool because Alfred keeps put it, uh Alfred brings up the the legacy and the the Wayne family or whatever. And you can be like, yes, I know I need to honor them. Or you can just be like, fuck my parents. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> you can do that. And it's like, wow, man. this They're really taking the Batman stuff and they're like pushing it and letting you almost break it. Um, some of the things that are annoying and get on my nerves is that they really, really harp on the Bruce Wayne, Thomas Wayne, Martha Wayne like tragedy and how his parents got shot. And it's like, how many times do we have to hear about them getting shot, you know?
1: Might play a big role in the story, though. It, it does. Yeah. His
0: parents, spoilers, but they, they do turn out to be a larger part of the mystery, the overarching mystery. But I'm just looking at the menus for the game, because you know how if you go into a Telltale game, it'll show you, like, a little screenshot of each yeah. episode, even though they're, like, months out. And the one for episode two is legit a legit screenshot from the murder. And I'm like, really? I'm like, How many times do we got to go through this? Again, this flashback other than that it was good it was a lot of setting up you know there's it's like oh we got to introduce bruce we got to introduce alfred so it's like things so it's in that sense it's if you if you're super familiar with batman it's kind of like how many times am i going to see this shit play through but i feel like it's setting up all this stuff for the future in episode two three four five so it, they get it out of the way
1: yeah.
0: so that they could play with that the thing is going forward and so i'm giving a little bit of leeway because I don't think the entire game is going to be like them hitting you over the head that Bruce's parents have been shot and like all this stupid shit, you know. Other than that, it's it's I really like the fact that they're giving you more control over Bruce Wayne and Batman than I think any um, game or medium with Batman in it has ever done before, and you know you never had you've never had the opportunity to play as Bruce Wayne. Before, so this is like super interesting and super different
1: the most control I've ever gotten over Bruce Wayne is walking into Arkham City yeah fucking up a bunch of bad guys going to the roof and changing into my bat suit
0: pretty much the beginning of Arkham City is the extent of which we've been able to be Bruce Wayne yeah and so having this game where you're navigating all this all these politics and like walking around parties in Wayne Manor and like attending press conferences and like you know, doing shit in the Batcave not as Batman is, like, super cool and different. And the Batman stuff is good, too, because there's the t- actual detective work. And not, like, the, the detective vision, like, look at this, like, blood stain, like, from the Arkham games. It's, like, here's a bunch of... Here's a crime scene. Here's a bunch of things going on in the crime scene. Let's try to piece together what happened here. And you work through the things as Batman. You're, like, looking at different you're interacting with the environment saying like oh here's a bullet casing here here's a an explosion maybe there's a sniper on the roof and they're like he could be in these three different positions let me see where this could have happened and it's just, just all this cool stuff coming together and so it's it's um at this point i would say in the middle of like where where it falls on the spectrum it's not it's not as crazy and over top as um the hell is it borderlands tales from the borderlands and it's not as action well it's pretty action-packed but it's not i would say it hasn't hooked me as much as the borderlands my favorite telltale game to this day is tales from the borderlands right every episode of that game was firing on all cylinders and so to go from that and it's like super impressive writing to the Batman game, which is good, but has like so much wonky, like, let me explain to you Bruce's parents' death again stuff. It it takes a little dip, but again, I'm giving it the benefit of of the doubt because it's the first episode. And and all the stuff, the stuff that's good is, like, really good, and I really love the Bruce Wayne stuff and the Batman detective stuff, and and it does, I don't want to spoil too much for you because you haven't played it, but it does stuff with the Batman mythos and it, it subverts your expectations of what things should be in the Batman universe enough that it's interesting and it's forgivable that they harp on the same stuff that every... I feel like every new Batman thing harps on, which is the the yeah. death and and his relationship with Alfred and stuff like that. And... Well,
1: I mean, for an intro game, I kind of understand why they would do yeah. that, but like you said... um they've already given us this explanation like BVS came out a few months ago yeah, so. and it did that too which yeah.
0: was <laughs> I know it was important for the Martha shit but it, it's so stupid seeing it happen over and over again yeah you know there's like some super cut you can find on YouTube of them getting shot over and over again in every different like version of Batman and the only time that Batman's ever just started and didn't have that stuff was the animated series yeah there's no like oh here's well and
1: there's there's one more um The Batman.
0: Oh, The Batman?
1: Yeah. With uh, Joker with the dreads.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. um, If you're a fan of Batman, if you're a fan of DC in general absolutely give this a shot it's like i said it's it's not the best episode of a telltale game that i've ever played but it's good enough and and the the batman stuff and the bruce wayne stuff is just it's so it's so different from anything batman you've experienced before that it's absolutely worth playing and experiencing and i i straight up bought the whole five episode like season pass or whatever five episodes for 25 bucks it's batman you do like cool detective shit you do political maneuvering it's Totally worth it.
1: Definitely check it out. Yeah, I was interested in it, but like I already started Resident Evil. I need to finish it before. Yeah, no worries. I move on, but I think I'm definitely gonna pick it up before episode two drops.
0: You should totally pick it up in the in the near future. I I think there's a physical version of it coming out in September. That is the disc, but it gives you the episodes as they come out. Um, but when's the next episode drop? Probably mid September. Okay. I think. Somewhere. I think. I think. I don't know if it's confirmed, but they said they wanted to get out all the episodes before the end of the year, so maybe like about one a month or so. Okay. So there's that.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for your uh, your review on the first episode. Can't wait to hear more about it. Yeah. Hopefully by that time I'll be planning it all. So.
0: Yeah, we can. T- this is cool because it's happening as we're doing the show, so we can keep checking in and like do progress on this game yeah. and like. Give our full thing at the end. So. I don't think
1: we've ever reviewed a Telltale game while it was happening.
0: No, the, the last t- Telltale game that I talked about on the show was Borderlands, Borderlands but it was already done yeah. when I was talking about it, so... Doing it live!
1: Hell yeah.
0: Semi-live.
1: New new thing for SMP.
0: Yeah. Check back for episode two!
1: Alright, cool. Well, on to uh, Suicide Squad. Stan and I both saw Suicide Squad. When mm. did you see it? Uh, Friday?
0: I saw it Thursday night.
1: Oh no! T-Mobile was giving away free tickets for uh, Suicide Squad. The only catch was you had to see it Friday. Mm.
0: So you saw it for free? Yeah. Oh, nice! I I saw it with my pops, so that, that was, was fun. Yeah. Did he enjoy it? Yeah, he seemed to like it. He said it was too dark. He's like his words exactly were like I like these movies, but the DC stuff is always too dark, so I can't see shit going on, <laughs> which I agree with because it's it, very true. It's true, and and my criticism of the Justice League trailer was the same thing: was that it, it looks great. I wish there was more colors. Especially the thing is, is that we saw it in three D, and you, because the, the glasses are dark, the movie is dark. Yeah, it's yeah. a packed it's a packed theater, so we're sitting kind of to the side. And, it just uh,
1: makes shit extra dark. Yeah, it
0: makes it extra hard to see, but What are your what are your initial impressions of that movie?
1: I thought I was going to see the way that I uh well I've only seen one trailer for it, but the way it looked, the advertising, everything about this fucking movie screamed that it was going to revolve around Harley Quinn. So, I really liked that they changed that and went into like it revolved around Deadshot. Yeah. Uh, Deadshot was definitely one of my favorite things about that movie. Yeah, I think...
0: I agree with you, and I think Deadshot really... Besides Harley, Deadshot absolutely made this movie, and Will Smith did an excellent job yeah. as Deadshot. Oh, my God. I, honestly, my preferred Deadshot is now Will Smith as Deadshot.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, I know a lot of people were shitting on this, but Will Smith did an amazing job as Deadshot. Like, yeah, I've never seen... A better Floyd Lawton, like...
0: Yeah, I think, like, personally, he's probably the standout character for me in the entire movie, besides, like, Amanda Waller and Harley. I think those are, like, the three strongest characters. I really characters.
1: like Diablo, also. Diablo...
0: Yeah, he had an interesting story. I I, I don't know anything about him. I, he's... or his stuff from the comics, so he was, like, new... I don't really... I'm not big into, like, the Suicide Squad books or anything like that, or his character, so... He was interesting. It's just, like, there's so... It, the stuff with Deadshot was so good that it... it to me, overshadowed almost everybody else. Yeah. You know, even, like, Harley a little bit. I think, personally, they could have cut out everyone else but Harley and Deadshot, and I think the movie wouldn't have lost too much.
1: (laughs) It wouldn't wouldn't have. But, yeah, I... Spoiler alert, by the way, guys. um, I really enjoyed how they showed that, like, how Batman caught... Like, Harley and... uh, Deadshot. Deadshot. Yeah. And then, as soon as I saw that, I turned to my girlfriend and I was like, well, Captain Boomerang is a Flash villain. And as soon as I finished those words, they showed Boomerang getting caught. And I was like, alright, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah,
0: like... Low-key, that was my favorite part of the movie, was just seeing the Flash. There's a Miller just coming. Yeah, him showing up as the Flash, seeing the lightning, and and him taking it. There was a guy in our theater who, when the Flash showed up, he was like, Ow, wow! And I was like, (laughs) yep, that is exactly how I feel, man. Like, yes, thank you.
1: (laughs) I also really, I don't know why, but the one thing that stuck out was Slipknot, the the guy who gets caught and Mm. uh, who could climb anything. And I knew he was a bullshit throw-in character to just kill off with the bomb.
0: That um, that reminds me of the the um assault this, on Arkham. Yeah, the assault on Arkham animated movie with with the Suicide Squad, and that was my exact thing. Was like they're gonna do some shit where they throw in one shitty ass villain to kill in the beginning of the yep. movie, and they did it almost exactly the same way, where they put the the thing around their necks, and the dude in the animated movie like acted out and they killed him. And this guy also, same thing. Popped his head open.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite parts is where where they un, when they unhook him, they have like a black mat uh black bag over his head and they unhook it and then the first person he sees he just punches that yeah. right in the face.
0: Yeah, that was funny. I don't want to compare it too much to the animated movie though. I I'm going to tell you right now, I wish they had just turned that animated movie into the live action version yeah. because one of my favorite things from the animated movie that they didn't do in this one was uh, push a Deadshot Harley romance, and I think that would well. That's they there's the there's like that's some the hints there's some hints for sure for sure they but I really feel like they you know in in making this movie they leaned hard on Harley and Joker like hard on this and I think the what was the most interesting part about the animated movie was that they introduced a Deadshot and Harley romance that was almost healthy compared to the shit between Harley and yeah. Joker. And and with Suicide Squad, a live-action movie, they showed the Harley-Joker romance as being kind of abusive and, like, shitty, but then also, like, glorifying it and, like, making it seem like they're meant for each other or whatever. Yeah. And not for nothing... The Harley-Joker romance is probably my least favorite, like, canonical, like, romance, like, ever. Besides Ron and Hermione. (laughs) Those those two are the ones that I like the the least. But, what do do you think about that?
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know, man. I don't see a Joker running around the entire fucking city looking for Harley Quinn. Like, I do not, not see this happening at all. And that's one thing that I have to complain about, like, Jared Leto, is that his Joker is hooked on, like, saving Harley Quinn. And I remember reading this, uh, this like, taken from a comic book where Harley's talking about how she was gone for a year and when she comes back, this is while she had her kid... While she comes back, Joker pretends like she wasn't even gone. That was
0: Injustice, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's so like. P.S. If you're listening, the Injustice comic book by Tom Taylor, um, is fucking amazing, and it's one of the best that like it. It's one of the best underrated DC books that's consistently put on, and they're up to year five already, and yeah. they're they're closing out. And here's the cool part: once they're done, they're going into. The Injustice 2 comic book With the same writer Tom Taylor Who um, Also writes All New Wolverine By the way So you know <laughs> um, And they're going to detail What happens between The ending of Injustice 1 And the beginning of Injustice 2 So that So the Injustice 2 comic Is going to bridge the gap
1: Oh that's Between the two games awesome.
0: So yeah So Alright go ahead <laughs> Keep on
1: But yeah So like There's that Joker And that's, that's all we've ever been portrayed by Joker is that he doesn't really give a fuck about Harley Quinn. If she's there, she's there. If not, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of showed in the beginning with Jared Leto when he was driving around the Joker mobile. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, and then he sees Batman and he like swerves off into the water and she like screams she can't swim. Yeah, and he leaves uh, her. He just leaves her. And like he, he that's dips. that's what I expect from Joker.
0: Yeah, and that's that's another point you bring up is that it's in, it's inconsistent for them to show that and then to have Joker come back. Not once but twice to save Harley.
1: I mean, I think I think they do that to show that like he's psychotic. Whatever whatever he feels like doing is what he does. I guess. But he's very um Personally, I don't What's feel the like word I'm looking for? I
0: don't feel like that's conveyed well enough. You know, like when you say it like that, it makes sense to me. But that was not what I oh, was thinking yeah, not at of all. watching the movie. So it would it would have been nice if they had clarified that he's really unhinged. Because to to me, this Joker feels like he's got his shit together a little bit more than the way I see Joker. Like he's he's got like um. It's it's hard. I'm trying to find the right word to say this, but he's got, like, a, a definite plan and a path to follow, and he always follows through to a T, and he doesn't seem to deviate. Like, there's no, like, crazy... Like, for example, um, The Dark Knight, um, Heath Ledger's Joker... He was so unpredictable, you know? Like, he had a clear plan, but the things that he he would do... Like, you never knew what the fuck was going to go on with this guy on on camera. With Leto, you knew exactly what he was doing. Like, you knew what his motivation was, and he was going to carry it out. And that was... That's kind of a a negative when you're talking about the Joker.
1: Yeah. Well, Jared Leto was also pissed off. He made a statement that uh, they cut out a lot of his scenes. Yeah. And he doesn't... There's... I don't know what the fuck happened, but
0: I'll tell you what's gonna happen. They're gonna release a director's cut R-rated version, like oh, they did of course, for Batman because, Superman.
1: Um. Also, there was that one thug in the club that was like that. That told Joker that Harley was hot or whatever. Joker got Harley to get with him, and then Joker shot him in the head. Yeah. But the way they conveyed that was like the screen faded black, and then you heard the gunshot.
0: Yeah. So. <sighs> What do you think of Jerry Leto's Joker?
1: I feel like I haven't gotten enough to s- properly judge.
0: I don't like it at all. I think it's garbage. Really? <laughs> I think he's the worst Joker, like, period. In all the di- variations of the Joker, I don't, think he's a, I don't think he's a very good Joker. I don't think he's a very good villain. And he... I gave him a nickname because he didn't seem like the Joker to me. I called him, like, Chuckle Thug. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a Joker laugh. He... He yeah. he's more of a a gang leader. He's a he's a gangster. He's not a supervillain to me. He doesn't seem like a supervillain. He just seems like a a gang leader who has a crew and he might be a little bit crazy. He's like Tuco from fucking <laughs> Breaking Bad. Like he's crazy but he's like a a business person. It's kind of it's bizarre, you know? He cares about with- things, he cares about things that the Joker would never care about. Harley Having sex
1: <laughs> So Would this lean you more Towards the Jason Todd theory?
0: Yeah For sure And I think I think it has to be For this Joker to be redeemed At all To me Because I feel like he's a He's a poor He's a poor Joker But I'll tell you what He's he's a Decent Jason Todd with his guns and the way he carries out like shit like Jason Todd would.
1: Yeah, so there are a lot of things in this movie that I was like, Jason would have done that. Yeah. Jason would have done that too. Yeah. And uh, I found it really strange how they went into Harley falling while being pushed into the Ace Chemical. The vat. Yeah. But they didn't touch on Joker's origin at all.
0: Yeah. And you could, you could argue that part of that is because you're not, you're technically, unless you're Alan Moore, not supposed to have a definitive like origin for the Joker. But there's that scene towards the end where the enchantress like gives them that like vision of their perfect life or whatever. And when Harley is like with the babies in her house and she's not like crazy and neither is the Joker. I'm like that, you know who that looks like? Yeah. Like, an early Jason Todd <laughs> like with that's what it, with the with the hair with the, uh, and the uh, black hair and whatever and and just um, and like his suit that he was wearing and I was like that looks remarkably like Jason Todd and not like how I would imagine and, and that might be the the um the killing joke leaving an impression on me but that's not how I see the non-joker joker you know yeah and there's um You know how they gave those character introductions? I read that. I didn't... Because it it happened so fast. But I read that when they showed Harley... um, It said that one of her things... As her defining traits was that she was complicit in the murder of Robin. But that doesn't have to be literally she and the Joker killed Robin. That could be she helped Jason who was in the mental... Who was in Arkham. Fully transform into the Joker because she was like... Yeah. herself low key crazy right and so in in being by his side furthered him along in this like transformation into the this like replacement joker and i still think with the the, the tattoos and and all the way he acts and how he's actually into harley and is protective of her that's the key thing saves her Right? A hero Several times a hero saves people, right? Not the Joker, right? So I think that points more towards him being because as the Red Hood, he still kinda like got
1: Also, um I don't know, just the way that he carried around his men, like how how defensive he was. Like there was that one scene where he's sitting in his room and one of his own goons walks in and he like immediately pulls out a gun as like like frightened almost. Yeah. And that was, what what is the Joker afraid of? Yeah. Let's exactly. be real.
0: There's no version of the Joker where he is jumpy and pulls a gun on anybody without having a joke or like or a clear motivation. Yeah, you know, there's, there's
1: There's no reason for someone to just walk into the room, startle the Joker, and, like, he pulls out a gun.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing jokey. Like, I know we've only seen, like, maybe a solid 10, 15 minutes of him in the movie, period, right? But there's nothing jokey about him. There's, like, just... There's nothing really malicious about him, really. And that might be because he's largely interacting with other villains. But, I mean, he breaks Harley out of prison, right? He... He transforms her into
1: Harley. That's also another thing. Um, He tortures Harley. Yeah. So I think, like, it could be that the reason he tortures Harley is because Harley brought back the memories of Joker torturing him. Yeah. I'm going to show you what I went through.
0: Just recycling that stuff. And I, you know, like, when Jason Todd first came back as the Red Hood, he was very much. Violent and bordering on being a super villain himself, and then you would say, argue like later, he, he gets a little bit more in line with working with the Bat family again and stuff. And this could be the movie version of that, you know, where he feels like he's the Joker, and it's kind of almost like a Stockholm Syndrome type thing where he was tortured by the Joker or whatever, and that changed his psyche to the point where he wants to also be like the Joker. But he doesn't, he's not very good at it. And that's why, to me, he's a crap Joker and why he saves Harley twice. Because he might actually have feelings for her, twisted feelings for her, but definitely not the way OG Joker would have reacted, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think just analyzing it in this podcast has uh, made me re see Jared Leto's Joker as uh a lot more like definitive Jason Todd.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing though is that if they don't go this route and they just say that, yeah, this is the the Joker that's always locked in battle with Batman for his entire career, I'd be like, this is a fucking garbage.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I feel I, like Batman could take out this Joker at any moment. Exactly.
0: And what was his defense against Batman? driving it into the water, driving his car into the water and escaping. Like, that's not... Joker wouldn't do that. Exactly. Joker would have done some... He would have, like, pressed a button on his car and turned into the Mach 5 and, like, leap (laughs) on stilts or some shit and, like, you know, like, spray Joker gas out of the top or... he He
1: would fight back. He wouldn't run. Or, like, get caught by Joker and have a fucking bang gun. Yeah, and you know what else? He... Maybe he ran away from
0: Batman because... He's afraid of Batman because he's Jason Todd. And that brings back those memories that he's trying to get rid of. And maybe he's afraid that up close like that, Batman might recognize him as Jason Todd. Cause, it's Because as far as Bruce knows, he's he's dead, right?
1: Yeah, and I feel like Batman... Batman never interacted with the Joker.
0: Exactly. He got in the car, and he was gone. There was no face-to-face. And that,
1: that's, that brings another good point. That's a good reason why joker probably left harley to drown because he knew that if he knew batman was going to go in the water looking for him so he like he probably got away because he didn't want bruce to recognize him
0: and he also left harley as like bait because not only not only would batman capture her but he'd also have to save her because she can't swim yeah. so he would be completely distracted retrieving her and getting her out of the water like and that know. also
1: leaves up to debate uh, my co also brought up to me I don't understand why uh, Joker would push Harley into the chemical and then like he was about to walk away and then he was like oh fuck and then he took his jacket off and jumped in after Harley yeah and it's probably because that like Jason Todd Robin moment like I can't let her die. Yeah,
0: and it could be like them borrowing a page from um, Return of the Joker, the Batman Beyond animated movie, where in that version it's t- Tim Drake, but he's got this split personality between Tim Drake and the Joker. And the same thing could be going on with Jason Todd slash Joker, where he's got these dueling personalities in him. He's got the Joker that's been implanted in him, not only by the original Joker, but by Harley's like poor um psychiatrist <laughs> act right but yeah like that's I you know I didn't want to push on this fact too hard but there's either this movie is severely severely lacking in giving us any kind of characterization of the Joker and in that case they might have as well not included him at all at that point or they're laying down these hints and I and I still think I
1: kind of I kind of feel like that's also why Jared leto's cut stuff might have been cut maybe it was like giving too much info for jason todd that's than they're possible. willing to reveal at the moment
0: yeah and another thing is that in in batman versus superman bruce one of bruce's lines is that all all the people in gotham you know all the heroes are either dead or something else you know so like along those lines he says something like yeah. that you know so like that that's such a loaded line that i i can't Believe that it would be just a throwaway line that doesn't connect to anything, you know? There's just, just too much there. It's like, and I know people are...
1: There's also the fact that Bruce kept the suit. Yeah. Like, that alone. It, it would be enough to be like... And plus, there's those puncture wounds on
0: the suit and they, like, show those scars on the Joker's body and they look kind of similar. I And I know people are going to say that, oh, such and such person said that definitively... Jason Todd is not the Joker and yeah sure but why the fuck would he confirm that right why would the director or anybody else confirm that as fact if they knew it right because then what then there would be no surprise right so they can't do that it's like um Metal Gear Solid and Kojima you know when those games are coming out there's all these crazy like misdirections and things going on and people are trying to guess what the truth is and that's part of the fun is trying to do that and if he just gave you the answers then it wouldn't be as fun. And so if they just gave us the answers of this um, Joker-possible Jason Todd connection, then it wouldn't be fun. Discovering it, talking about it, is where a lot of the fun of this version of the DC Universe is for me. It's just this whole, what happened to Robin? What's Batman's past like? And
1: discussions like this is what makes me enjoy the movie even more. Because now, after talking about this theory, uh, I probably like the movie a lot more than I did before.
0: Yeah, and, and, and... It um it encourages you to do a rewatch of the movie yeah. to see with with that kind of lens that you wouldn't have done it before. And the alternative to that is not having that at all, and that makes the movie a lot more shallow. You know, yeah. <laughs> like so we can move on. But I think I don't see him as the Joker. I see him as Leto Jared Leto in makeup, which is kind of like you know whatever. This is the OG Joker. If they're gonna present this as the one true Joker down the line and like confirm this one hundred percent in the movies, then he ranks as the lowest version of the Joker for me. Because yeah. there's, there's just done so much better by so many more, you know, nuanced performances and people, you know? Like Heath Heath Ledger's Joker's problem. Yeah, for sure. With the with the mustache <laughs> and the makeup over it, right? Even he ranks higher than than Jared Little's Joker for me, but his Joker is probably my top. Especially in live action. Close second is Jack Nicholson's. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? That's interesting. Mine is reversed. Jack I like Nicholson's Jack Nicholson reversed. a lot more.
0: I just there was just a, a lot of menace and darkness in Little's Joker that um, sorry, Ledger's Joker that I I think was not present in Nicholson's and, and it was a definitely a different way of seeing the Joker in in live action. So that's why I like it so much. And I was just the Dark Knight movie is probably my favorite Batman movie, just because I I, I love I love the Joker, I love Harvey Dent's transformation in that yeah. movie. Um, I feel like I said this on the show before, but the Long Halloween is my favorite Batman comic, and the Dark Knight is kind of a semi adaptation of that story because you have Gordon, Batman, and Harvey working together, and just like that kind of like Gotham Trinity, and then seeing Harvey's like fall is like super powerful and seeing that recreated makes it like one of my favorites i don't I don't want to like get too off track of the suicide squad but yeah i thought i i feel like i should have mentioned should mention that <laughs> but yeah like so what so what else did you like or didn't like about suicide squad
1: uh i really like the chemistry between the entire suicide squad crew yeah. um <laughs> i like that uh That one point where, like, Will Smith had to push Diablo to use his powers. Yeah. And then he kind of, like, backed off. He was like, shit, don't... (laughs) I was just doing it uh, so we could get through this. Yeah.
0: um, My favorite scene in that whole film, besides... um with with the entire cast what is, was the uh, the bar scene at the end where they're all sitting in the bar and drinking and then, you know, they all have their drinks of choice and you have Killer Croc in the background who is super underutilized in this movie, by the way. Like, they don't use him at all, really. Um, but he's in the back drinking with, like, his hood up and you have uh, Deadshot Pounding Shots and you have Harley with this, like, blue and red <laughs> with, like, red salt on the rim drink and I think that's just so funny and, and I, like, I like the way that they interacted with each other. um Speaking of Killer Croc, I really don't like the way they handled him in this movie at all. I really don't like his characterization, and I feel like it's almost stereotypical with him being like a black character. I was
1: I was gonna bring that up, but yeah,
0: that was like that. His one defining trait is that he wanted a BET in his cell. Like, are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, he wanted a plasma screen with. B E T yeah,
0: and they cut to him at the end with him in this cell watching like people shake their asses on on B E T, which is like so fucking stupid. Like, why would you do that? That that's it's so Killer Croc is supposed to be this fucking terrifying dude who like eats people, and they like downplayed that yeah. and upplayed this stupid like stereotypical representation of him based on like his his non-existent skin color. You
1: know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I did not like that at all. Um, And also Katana, who's supposed to be this super badass. Katana didn't do anything. And then to see that weird moment of, like, Katana crying, talking to her, like... Her her husband's soul.
0: And they kind of, like, just give like, a throwaway line of why this is happening. I'm like,
1: dude, like, focus on that, because that's fucking (sighs) crazy, you know? Like, come on. Yeah, like, um, I know at one moment when they were, like when they first introduced Katana, they were like, oh, uh, she could kill everyone in this, in this helicopter with one swoop, and her sword will keep your soul. A lot of people took that as a joke, but like,
0: they she didn't can. explain
1: that. It, that's real. That's a thing.
0: Yeah. And it's just, she's one of the most badass characters in the Suicide Squad, and they completely, and I don't she kills
1: anybody. Completely she doesn't, she like kills, her. some of those like, I don't even know what the fuck monsters they were. Yeah. Plus, there's like that super over
0: sexualization of Harley Quinn, where like all the all the butt shots and whatnot. Yeah. and It's just like, y- yes, I know that that cheesecake g- exists in like the Harley comics or whatever, but it's it's presented in a more empowering way in the com- in the Harley books because she references it herself. She she owns it. She like is. Whatever, right? But in in the movie, it just f- sees. Sorry, it feels like it's very like v- voyeuristic, where they like will zoom in on her butt, and she like leans over and like flashes her ass at the screen while she reaches into a window, and it's just like, why? <laughs> there's there's just so there's so many ways to use Harley's character and to show like the depth of her her confliction with the Joker, and they. They reduce it to her being like completely obsessed Which granted Harley was obsessed in the beginning with the Joker And that's how she is who she is right But in the comics and in like a lot of different media She's moved past that and she's gotten over the Joker And she's like an anti-hero kind of thing And and that's where her popularity is like through the roof Is where she's like this character who is her own person And she isn't defined by wanting the Joker you know
1: I mean, back when she was obsessed with the Joker and, like, the beginning Harley Quinn stages, she was pretty much just another one of Joker's lackeys.
0: More or less. She was, like, an elevated—she's, like, a lieutenant or something, yeah. right? She wasn't really, like, an equal to the Joker. Um, also, it kind of doesn't make sense, either. If if they're going to present that, that this Joker is Batman's one true Joker from, like, the entire time he was Batman— Bruce has been Batman forever, right? He's, like, almost Dark Knight Return status in his age at this point, right? So how could Harley, at all, all these years with the Joker, still be where yeah. she is?
1: And also... How could Joker be as young as he exactly, was? Exactly,
0: that's exactly what I was going to say. How could he be that young if he was the original Joker? Yeah. Unless Batman's been operating for, like, 20 years and the Joker just showed up, like, 10 minutes ago, you know? <laughs> Which would be stupid. But Harley could have been presented better. Um, Katana, super underutilized. Killer Croc really should end the stick here <laughs> with him. Um, Captain Boomerang, barely used, I think. Um, he, has, he has some mom- moments. He has but, a few moments. But not enough.
1: Diablo it, has one redeeming moment. He's
0: He's got a pretty cool moment, though I, I don't know how I feel about him showing up as, like, that demon version of himself and, like, calling the other dude bitch. I'm like, that's kind of stupid. Like, that's not a badass, like, thing to say. And I feel like it was meant to, to make people laugh, but yeah. nobody in my theater laughed at it. And I was just kind of like, Ugh, dude, come on. Like, why would you say that? Um, definitely the best part, and we mentioned this earlier, is Deadshot. Yeah. His, his character is the best thing in the movie, I think. And... and-
1: Let's not also forget that they kill off Diablo right after that part. Oh, yeah, they do. So, like, that's it. We're not getting any more.
0: Yeah, and that's another wasted potential for future Suicide Squad movies, but, um, which sucks, you know? Um, but yeah, Deadshot.
1: And I liked Enchantress. I think Enchantress was a pretty cool villain.
0: Yeah, she was pretty, right?
1: Um, I love. I love the actress that played Enchantress.
0: Yeah. I like the effects that she... Like, her magic and stuff was pretty cool, too.
1: I wish we got more time to see, like, Enchantress fight. We saw, like, that one fight scene, and then Enchantress kind of, like, stopped it.
0: Yeah, and she's kind of like that villain that's there, but isn't there until the climax of the movie. Yeah. you know. So it, it would be nice if she was more of a persistent villain, and it wasn't, like the Suicide Squad fighting goons the entire time, more or less, until they got to the building at the end, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, what do you feel about Rick Flag?
0: He's interesting, but he seemed like kind of generic, like, hoorah soldier. Yeah. And I feel like that's how they represented him. And um, my favorite moment with him is the dead shot scene where he's shooting the targets, and he's, like, talking to him, but he's like, I'm not talking to, to you, I'm talking to your boss. And he's, like, referring to, him, to Amanda Waller, and I think... That's super cool, but um, I like his sort of turn at the end, where he he sort of he's very cold towards the Suicide Squad, but at the end he sort of empathizes with them enough to break the the um, the kill switch that he's got on all yeah. of them. And I think it's it's kind of interesting to show the differences between him and Amanda Waller, who's very stone cold all the way through the movie. And showing him being well, it's a nice more... that
1: you also bring that up because, um, that's also a nice refining moment for like the villains. Because yeah. once he breaks the kill switch, they they could just fucking leave him, yeah, they could just like, die. Away. But they all decide to like help him out, yeah, starting with Deadshot,
0: yeah. And Deadshot is just, I, I love his character and I love that he has that emotional stake in his daughter and just showing him as that crazy assassin in the beginning and like killing that dude with the ricochet bullet and getting all that money in his account and then going to see his daughter later and his daughter knowing that he's like this bad guy but loving him anyway and then seeing him fight batman in like his civvies you know (laughs) and
1: then seeing in the end his daughter do geometry or trick oh what is that fucking Is it geometry
0: i'm not good at math (laughs) I don't remember what... They were doing, like, um, angles and shit. Yeah. And he was talking about... And she was like, what angle have you shot the bullet over here? And he he was like, you gotta, you gotta consider, like, bullet weight and, like... The, the wind. The and... wind. Resistance. And it's just... I just, He... Wilson just did such a fucking good job as Deadshot, man. Yeah. Like, I want to see more of that version of Deadshot, for sure. You know?
1: I just feel like if you bring his son into this project... He will not do as good as a job.
0: (laughs) No. Um, But yeah, like... I I really felt for Deadshot, even though he's a stone-cold assassin because of his daughter. And that was a really smart thing for them to do, to make you feel for him. Yeah, he
1: even says that one line, uh, Harley. asks asked him if he's ever been in love. And he's like, you can't kill as many people as I've killed and find time for stupid things like love. Yeah. But... Here he is finding time for his daughter all the time. Yeah, so it's kind of like he puts on, puts on airs to like try to be bigger and better than who he actually is. And
0: you know, for for my, um, in my opinion, I think. the first act of the movie is probably the best part of the movie where they're showing where amanda waller is sitting at the table and she's like detailing all the different suicide members yeah. and they're giving those little vignettes part of me almost wishes that it was sort of like uh set up like one of those like gotham knight you know that movie where it's the anime like vignettes of the of the kids talking about batman and it's like these different scenes or whatnot if it was just Amanda Walsh sitting at the table telling the story of the Suicide Squad members and them having these little vignettes and like these like smaller stories inside the bigger movie. <laughs> I almost wish that was the whole movie of just, like, here's this, here's these guys, here's, it, here's how they came together, and that's the Suicide Squad. Stay tuned for part two. <laughs> you know? Um, what do you think about the soundtrack?
1: I really like the soundtrack. I like the
0: soundtrack, too. Um, Fucking awesome. My favorite moment is when... Harley is going through her gear and they're playing the Eminem Yeah Look who's back song That's one of my favorite parts
1: That was definitely one of my favorite parts Yeah And I like Amanda Waller
0: Yeah she's one of those things where it's like she's supposed to be a good guy and she's looking for the interests of like the like America and whatever but then she's
1: but she also doesn't care who she kills. Yeah, and
0: she straight up like kills those people in that like um that room, that computer room that they were in or whatever. Like yeah. just straight up like shoots like people who are part of the military or something, <laughs> and just to cover up like whatever secrets they had or whatever that was. And and because the protagonists are villains more or less, you get this whole thing where Amanda Waller is supposed to be a hero ish. Kind of like on on the right side of whatever but presented in a way where you can't really tell where she stands and how she is in opposition to the other villains and you kind of you're rooting against her but you're, you but you know she's by the end of the movie you see that she's kind of working with Bruce Wayne and I don't know it's, it's it's a lot of gray area with her and I think that's the best part of her character is that you definitely can't pin her down because you know if you if you look at her character in the animated dcu or you in the comic books she's or
1: even like arrow yeah
0: she's presented as someone who who is in conflict in conflict with both the villains but also the heroes so you see her in conflict with the justice league in the in the cartoon you know she's in direct opposition to batman sometimes you know batman's like working against her or whatever in the cartoon yeah. and i i hope that you know Aside from how I feel about this movie as a movie, as a standalone movie, I hope I see more of her and her interactions with the Justice League and to see like maybe her turn on them a little bit. Because initially her, her desire to, to build the Suicide Squad was to have people who could go against the heroes if they turned rogue or whatever, you know? So it'd be cool to see that conflict brought up later in the DC movies if they pursue that. But I, I think Suicide Squad is, like, killing it at the box office. Yeah. It's, like, making tons of money. So I feel like they're going to revisit it. Um, I hope they do it a little bit better the second time. Like, I... No joke. I, I enjoyed the movie. I liked it. I, but it definitely wasn't my favorite DC movie that I've ever seen. You know? Better than The Killing Joke. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I, it, it wasn't better than Man, Batman, Batman, versus Batman Superman. v Superman for me. What do you think? Where where does it fall in your spectrum?
1: I enjoyed it slightly better than BVS, but after seeing the uh ultimate cut for BVS, I like BVS more.
0: I have to see it. I have to, like, dedicate an afternoon to watching they, it.
1: They explain a lot of things. At the end of the day,
0: our best hope is that they release a director's cut of Suicide Squad. Yeah. And they add back in those Joker scenes, and they, they elaborate on the different characters. I don't know how much they got, like, in the can waiting to be added on to the movie, but I hope it's enough to redeem Katana and give us more context for the Joker, you know? Where does it stand for you right now as a movie?
1: Rate it uh 7 out of 10.
0: 7 out of 10. I would say... I like Chris's u- use of the the school grading system. <laughs> I would say, like, I'd give it like a C plus, like s- some floating somewhere between like in the range of like a seven or like a six point five, which is still above average, you know, on a ten point scale. There is a lot of potential and there is a lot of cool moments, but I feel like they could have done more to connect them better and to emphasize the good and de-emphasize the bad. You think of
1: just uh, if. DC later down the line kind of fills in the blanks here and there, it would make it a better film? Yeah,
0: for sure. If if they release the director's cut and there's more more to it and it fleshes stuff out, then I think it would elevate it in my mind. Because, like I said, what's there, I, I what's good about the movie, I like a lot. But there's stuff that they could fix, for right. sure. It left me feeling like there was stuff lacking. You know? But, you know, overall, if you like the DC stuff, you can watch it. But... If you missed this movie, like, if you skipped it and you watched the next DC thing, you wouldn't miss much. Yeah. Because I feel like nothing crazy happens that alters the landscape or or changes anything. Like, its main usage in terms of the greater DC movie universe is to show, to give us our first glimpse of the Flash in full costume, to contextualize Batman and some of his rogues gallery, and then to give us that little hook at the end where we see that Amanda Waller gives Bruce Wayne some information that's going to help him like build the Justice League or whatever, you know. Just those three things. Other than that, I feel like it's entirely skippable. But as a movie, it, you could you could see worse, you know. Like it's it's kind of like in that in that realm where it's like you could you could miss it and not miss a lot, but if you wanted to watch it, you, there would be stuff there that you would like, yeah. I think. Is a good way to to sum it up.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree.
0: So, thank you guys for listening. This was our kind of shorter, but not really, one-on-one <laughs> episode while Chris is at Gen Con. Um, I hope you enjoyed. I'm Stan Giderski. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom.
1: I'm Andy Karasko. You can find me on Twitter at SweetJustice1.
0: And you can find both of us and Chris on the internet, SuperNerdPals.com, on Twitter at SuperNerdPals, and we have a great Facebook group with almost 400 members. Yeah! Facebook.com slash groups slash SuperNerdPals. Pals. Um, You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. So do that. Please review the show. Give us five stars. Tell your friends. Um, This is how we get more people to listen. And we improve as a show if you give us feedback and tell us what you like or didn't like. But still give us five stars anyway because that helps more people find us. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you next week and with Chris and the whole crew, hopefully. Yeah. Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks.